What's up, fam? I hope you're having a great day. This episode, it's going to be a little different. This is a recording from one of my uncles um, that back in the 80s, he had a vision from the Lord and he went ahead and he put it all down on recording. Um, It's really cool. Um, In the tape, it goes into it. It does a pretty good job of explaining everything, but it was just really cool. Um, the story of this is whenever, uh, so for Christmas, my uncle, he felt like he wanted to come and share with uh, me and my, uh, family. So we, uh, you know, obviously broke out the recording gear and, uh, we recorded this. Um, this is a tape from back, like in the eighties. He actually, whenever the, he felt like the Lord gave him this vision, this dream that he went and recorded all of it and like found all the little bits, like some of the, the sermons in here are like, I believe what he said was a part of his, his vision, or this is what he was going to hear. I hope this message speaks to you. I hope it's, I don't know, just a reminder of, of who God is. Even as I was sitting and listening uh, to this recording, it was making me think of like, man, what is this laid the groundwork for that even back then, back in the, the eighties, that people were contending to see revival, to contending to see God come and revive people in a new and a fresh way in, in our country, in our, in ourselves first, and then in our families and then in our country and in our world that some of you who are listening have been contending for that are asking God for, and that we're, we're walking and believing that the Lord wants to, to do. And it's just so cool to see that back in the eighties, like I didn't, I didn't even know the, about this story or this deal up until literally a couple of days ago. So to hear it for me was a, a new and a fresh revelation of like, Oh, this is something in my family that the Lord wants to renew. It's something that like the Lord still speaks, the Lord still moves. And so, uh, to hear this from my uncle, um, was just super cool. So I hope it encourages you um, just to hear. And then it's also just kind of cool. There's older music. It's old timey. It's just kind of cool. But yeah, guys, love you. Hope this message, hope this recording uh, of this vision just helps you, I don't know, see God in a new way, a fresh way. I hope it encourages you. Love y'all. Peace. The introduction to this tape is not really necessary as it speaks for itself. Its purpose is that of enhancement an opportunity for you to listen and see a vision in the way it was originally revealed. Even though it is a manufactured, a composed scenario of over two dozen sources of soundtrack, every word is important to the context. It was first revealed in June 1981. The Holy Spirit held it in obeyance until a prompting in January 1983. I was told from the beginning that it was for an appointed time, but at the end it would speak and not lie. And even though it would tarry, I should wait for it, because it would surely come and then would not tarry. The tape was put together at home and at church on simple equipment, but the Holy Spirit has made it unique. It is a spearhead effort of unity for the body of Christ, Christian organizations, and individuals in these last days to witness in the streets of America, in its highways, in its byways, in a massive demonstration. It was revealed that our land would be taken back as Joshua took back all the land that touched the soles of his feet. It is a challenge to the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship to take the baton and pass it from state to state, all 50. Listen without interruption and focus in on a stadium filled to capacity with Christians, new and old, observing a stage on the 50-yard line and with a track around the stadium, celebrating the momentous finale 
of this massive witnessing event. I ask you to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. This has been my part of the running. I have crossed the finishing line. I now hand off the baton to you. Mount up with wings of eagles. Run and be not weary. Walk and not faint. For we go forth for the salvation of thy people, even for the salvation with thine anointed. Praise be to the Lord. Visions and Dreams A Marathon for Jesus, 1984 And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Nineteen eighty-one was the year of this vision, and as it began to unfold, I was soon to become aware of its all-encompassing latitude. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. It was a routine Saturday morning. I was up early and on my way to a fellowship breakfast. As I drove down the street, my complete attention was strangely drawn to a group of early morning joggers coming toward me. This in itself would not have been unusual in a casual observance, but it was far from casual. It was acute, vivid, and totally striking. The focus was not on the joggers as a group, but on the effect that the running was having on their bodies. Covered with perspiration, their faces were strained and grimaced in pain. Their breathing seemed difficult ankle and knee bandages holding weak spots and joints together as they jolted past me. I shuddered and shook it off and proceeded on my way without giving it any more thought. A week later, again on my way to a fellowship breakfast, I turned the corner near my home and just down the street, the same group of runners were approaching. I felt a prompting in my spirit to recall what I had seen the previous week, and again, as they were in front of me, the same vivid details came into focus. This time, as though I had a passenger in my car, I spoke out loud and asked, why? Why do they go through this week after week? What is their reward? As I continued on my way, I thought of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible.
I began to wonder if that was their only reward, a corruptible crown. If so, what a waste of commitment and dedication, of discipline, of perseverance, of tenacity. I had the urge to stop them and invite them to church. With those attributes, maybe they would be the inspiration for the church in these last days to begin to run. Run with the good news of the incorruptible crown. Running witnesses for Jesus Christ. This time, I didn't shudder, nor did I shake the thought off. I continued to meditate on what was in my spirit. After breakfast, I began to share this unusual insight with a brother. He listened intently to what I had to say. When I had concluded, I asked him, do you know what we need in America? And before I could answer, he quickly replied, a marathon for Jesus. He had spoken my intended answer. I felt a sensitive confirmation deep inside my spirit. During the remainder of the morning, I couldn't think on anything except that which I had started with early in the day. The vision began to form. It was as though I was observing a closed preview of programming for Channel 40. I saw the development of a marathon for Jesus in all 50 states of America, each state holding its own marathon, with every city and town across the nation through its churches, Christian organizations, and individuals accelerating the pace of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. The world has been saying for years at every street intersection, walk, don't run. But I saw Christians witnessing at every intersection saying, run, don't walk, blowing the trumpet in Zion, in his holy mountain, letting all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the Lord cometh and is nigh at hand. I then saw the National Marathon for Jesus, the 50 winners from the 50 states, assembled in Washington, D.C. on the day of Washington for Jesus. I did not know at the time that plans were underway for another National Christian Day of Prayer for America like the one in 1980. In an area outside RFK Stadium, I saw the runners after the completion of the marathon. They were preparing to run into the stadium track area in the order of their finishing time. It was nightfall. The rally was in progress. At the house of God. That is why we, the church and body of Jesus Christ, come to our nation's capital today to confess our sins and plead with God to forgive and restore our land. God does not say if the sinner will humble himself and pray. He says if my people will humble themselves and pray, I'll heal their land. So, what shall we do? Shall we take an axe to the liquor industry? Shall we fight against pornography and illegal drugs? Shall we expose the occult and burn witches? Satan would love for us to do just that. He would delight for us to come down to his level of gutter fighting and dirty ourselves in the arena of his muckraking. We could fight against sin on a thousand different fronts and be defeated in every one of them. Jesus never told us to fight against sin and the devil. He said, if I, even I, be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Life always overcomes 
darkness. If the church will simply lift up Jesus Christ, he is honor bound by his own word to draw the pornographer unto himself. Come ye sinners lost and hopeless, wrote the songwriter. Jesus' blood can make you free, for he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. The message of God's Holy Spirit to his church today is simply this. Body of Jesus Christ, arise. Lift up the blood-stained banner. This is your finest hour. The final assignment that Jesus gave to his church is found in Luke chapter 14. Go out quickly into the highways and byways and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. We will never reach the world through our churches alone. If every Christian church in the world were jammed to capacity today, it would only hold 2% of the world's population. We will not even reach them all through Christian television, as I once was firmly convinced that we would. We will obey and fulfill Jesus' last call to suffer only when a united, militant, Holy Ghost-filled body of Christ arises and moves outside of the four walls of the church and compels them to come in. Let's go repossess everything that he has stolen from you and from me in the name of Jesus. God's promise is wheresoever the soles of your feet shall tread, I will give it unto you. This land does not belong to the devil. It belongs to God. It belongs to you. It belongs to me. Let's take it back in Jesus' name. I have deferred a few moments of my time to a brother who was not scheduled to speak to you this afternoon. But many of us have felt that God would have him come and just give a brief word of greeting unto you. He has walked all the way around the world with this cross that you see behind me. Would you welcome our brother, your brother and mine, Arthur Blessing. Praise the Lord.
stadium, he was handed a torch, an Olympic torch. The applause was tumultuous, like thunder. final runner entered and was handed his torch, all 50 stood at attention around the track. The lights began to dim and finally, only the 50 torches burned brightly.
America began to rise from the stadium. Tears filled my eyes as the Holy Spirit touched everyone. We're going to stand and we're going to pray. Let us stand. Yeah. First, we want to pray for our, the homes of America. We want to pray for our loved ones. We want to pray for those we work for from whom we earn our livelihood. We want to pray for our community. We want to pray for the churches that have not caught the vision yet. Or if they've caught it, they're too afraid to move out with it. Let's pray for preachers and pastors and leaders and bishops and presbyters that they may recognize that we are in the hand of destiny. I believe when we leave this place today, I'm looking for a mighty visitation. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost to go to the Supreme Court. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost to walk the halls of Congress. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost to go into the Senate. I want them to go to the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. I want them to visit the State Department. And I want them to go to the Pentagon, but it needs so much help. I want them to visit the Capitol. I want them to visit the White House. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, but I want the Holy Ghost to fall in the Rose Garden.
Help us, Jesus. Let's just join hand now and all pray together. Our Father and our God, the King of our lives, save our unsaved loved ones, save our employees, save our God, those that serve us, the people in the marketplace. Send your word, send your word across America, every sector of our society. Let revival break loose on the streets of our city. Visit San Francisco, the stronghold of evil. Visit 42nd Street, New York. Let the Holy Ghost fall. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Say amen. I want everybody to shake somebody's hand and say, don't ever forget who you are. You are a child of a king. Finally, with what sounded like all the angels in heaven singing, the runners approached the stadium seats and began to light candles. It was a chain reaction. When all candles were lit, with everyone standing, I heard this. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That was the vision. A mighty wave of revival across the nation, giving praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What an exciting event. Was it of me or was it of the Holy Spirit? At this point, I wondered what I should do next. God's answer came to me from Habakkuk 2.2. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. 
I wrote the vision and began to seek the wisdom of God's people. I was guided to my chapter of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, as I felt that they would be the driving force needed. A name was given to me, and I was advised to send my correspondence to Virginia Beach, Virginia. This was the first incident to bring forth three confirmations from the Holy Spirit. When I went to the post office to mail the correspondence as advised, I pushed the envelope through the slot. Then I went to my P.O. box to pick up my mail. Much to my surprise, there was a picture postcard in the box. As I turned the card over, I was overwhelmed by what I saw. The picture was a beach, Virginia Beach, Virginia. It was an instant confirmation to me. I have never been to Virginia Beach, nor do I know anyone who lives there. Praise the Lord. I marvel at his absolute perfect timing for all things. My expectations were high for the next few weeks as I expected an acknowledgement. I waited a month, then two months, and gradually, though somewhat disappointed, I left it in God's care and forgot about it. I don't remember even noticing the jobbers after that time. further thought of the unusual insight. I was sitting in my car at the Anaheim Convention Center. It was a few minutes prior to the evening session of the FGBMFI World Convention in 1982. I had been in prayer and was quietly meditating before going to the convention. All of a sudden, out of the stillness in my spirit, again I was shown the vision of a marathon for Jesus. Since it had been absent from my thinking for a year, I asked the Lord, why are you showing me this vision again? The answer seemed unusual, if indeed it was an answer. My spirit prompted me to write a scripture on a sheet of paper, fold it, and place it in my Bible. In a random fashion, I opened my Bible and began to write. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. It didn't make much sense to me. I folded the paper and placed it in the front of my Bible. Was I making it up? As I left my car, I began to walk across the parking lot toward the convention center. Halfway there, I began to feel the joy of the Lord. I had a sudden awareness that I would receive another confirmation in the very word I had written on the paper. A few minutes later, after introductory comments were made by Dima Shakarian from the dais, he introduced the speaker for the evening of July 9th, Dr. Yonggi Cho. As Dr. Cho began to speak, my eyes began to fill with tears as he spoke the very words I had written. This is what I heard. And Brother Cho has got, in his church, he found a secret with God. I, I tell you, I am so excited about what he's doing to see. And I would advise all the ministers of America, go down and take a look and spend time with him. 
Oh, I'll tell you, we ought to give this man one of the best welcomes we ever had. Let's do it, shall we? Brother Chilton. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your warm welcome. Someone gave me a book written by Brother Demoskerian, the happiest person on the earth. So I casually opened the first page and I couldn't lay down that book before I finished. I cried, I laughed, I cried, I laughed. Then I said, I've got to meet this person. I've got to meet him. So I came to America, and I went down to the place where he was sleeping, and I was amazed. I thought that he was living in a big mansion, but his house was on trailer. <laughs> he was moving his house. <laughs> on the hill, four hill. I said, is he living on this four hill trailer house? But I couldn't meet him at that day because he was so busy. Then I said, Father, somehow and some way, I want to meet you. And uh, last year, in Berlin, we met together. And oh, how I felt the warm love emanate out of his life and his wife. And the Spirit said to my heart, invite him, join your hand and work together. I've never heard him speaking. This was risky because in my church, I very seldom put a guest speaker on Sunday morning because I'm responsible to 200,000 Christians and also that message is broadcasted and televised around all Korea and our viewing rate is 75% to the 95%. So I should be very careful. <laughs> but I, anyway, I invited him. So when he came to Korea just before Christmas, and he came to me and said, Joe, I'm not a preacher. I just plainly talk. I, my heart sank. I said, you are not a preacher. You just talk. He said, yes, I just talk. I said, oh, my God, now I'm in trouble. He's going to just talk casually to the 30,000 people and edit that through radio and television. As, how am I going to do? Usually I don't interpret. I always ask my associate to interpret. That day I said, I've got to interpret. And if ever he makes a mistake, I should fill in <laughs> with my message. <laughs> then he came out and he began to casually speak. But next moment, the power of the Holy Spirit came and our people were completely captivated. I was spellbound. I did not know if I was really translating for him or I was speaking by myself because I was so blessed and our people were so blessed. And he really taught me one thing because I am quite used to speak in a loud voice and shouting and I was exhausted. But that day when I saw, saw him, 
He'll speak with chess rally to the 30,000 people, and people were all captivated. I said, I might as well do the same way now. So nowadays, I don't shout and shriek. I just speak casually. But oh, what a blessing he was to our congregation. And he spoke to our 2,000 Venus people. And they were really captivated. And they were really blessed. Now they really plan to do something for the Lord. Of course, they are doing tremendous work for the Lord, but they are even more encouraged. So, I praise God because God has raised up Brother Demos Shakarian, a humble person, a farmer, but anoints him and uses him throughout the whole world. Since I am speaking to you, Venus people, and in a way I am a Venus man, in kingdom work, you are doing worldly business. I'm doing the kingdom business, king's business. So I'm also a kind of businessman. And I want to tell you what kind of businessman you and I should become. Number one, you should become men and women of visions and dreams. Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Do you know why? Visions and dreams are not just uh, some kind of uh, illusion or a phantom. Visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the flesh, Bible says the first thing the Holy Spirit does is giving vision to the young and dream to the old. If vision and dreams are nothing, just a plain illusion, then why should the Holy Spirit give vision to the young and dream to the old? Visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. I was overwhelmed and lightheaded as though I had just crossed the finishing line, as though I had run a good race. I began to realize that it was not my imagination, but the Holy Spirit that was leading me step by step. What was the significance of those two confirmations concerning my vision? How did it all fit together? I was soon to be enlightened with confirmation number three. After the meeting adjourned, I had intended to leave but because I felt so enlightened, I proceeded to the exhibit area. Almost directly, I was guided to a booth with a banner titled, America and Washington for Jesus. It was an exhilarating shock. On the table in front of me was a pamphlet with an address at the bottom, which read, Virginia Beach, Virginia. I picked it up and began to read, and there was confirmation number three. Under the paragraph heading, Tenets of America, in bold black print, it stated, never lose the vision. We are to witness in every city. We desire every man, woman, and child to know Jesus Christ. Every Christian on fire, every sinner under conviction, we are the light of the world. The vision had been confirmed in its entirety. The tool, a marathon for Jesus, 
first in every state, and finally, culminating in our nation's capital. The key was Washington for Jesus. God's timing is perfect. He has revealed to me that this will take place just prior to the Olympics in July 1984. What better vehicle to promote in an Olympic year in our nation than a marathon for Jesus, with Christians all over America participating, making it clear that we run for the incorruptible crown, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. All of the world's Olympic contenders will be in the United States at this time and can witness this move of the Holy Spirit. Strange as it seems, Washington for Jesus is scheduled for April 1984, just three months prior to the Olympic Games in Los Angeles. The October issue of Voice Magazine contained a success story involving the ministry of Voice Magazine and the historic Pony Express Trail. The thrilling part I was led to was that seven Western states coordinated the project. Was this the boot camp or basic training for the National Marathon for Jesus? Praise the Lord, just 43 more states. The question is not, can we do it? I have seen the vision. It is yet for an appointed time. It will not tarry. The question is, when do we do it? Since time is running out, we must run out the time. The eyes of the world will be upon us in 1984. Through unity, let those eyes see the light of the world, the love of Jesus Christ. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. California Marathon for Jesus. Texas Marathon for Jesus. Oklahoma Marathon for Jesus. Nevada Marathon for Jesus. Arizona Marathon for Jesus. New Mexico Marathon for Jesus, Colorado Marathon for Jesus, Kansas Marathon for Jesus, Missouri Marathon for Jesus, Indiana Marathon for Jesus, Ohio Marathon for Jesus, Pennsylvania.